morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Romantic. And on this snowy, messy Sunday morning, I want to welcome you to the first Sunday of Epiphany. Let's just start by settling in and letting ourselves be open to the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy One who at the baptism of Jesus at the River Jordan proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Bless us in our baptism into his name to keep the covenant that we've made, to see you in all places and to manifest your love boldly through him in the power of your Holy Spirit, which lives and reigns with you, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Our gospel reading for this morning on the celebration of the baptism of Jesus Christ is from Mark's gospel, the first chapter, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, There is one who is more powerful than I coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descend like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. The season of Epiphany actually begins on January 6th, which was yesterday. And it is when we remember the story of the wise men journeying to see the king. It's in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. The Feast of the Epiphany marks the recognition of the newborn Jesus into the world. Next, On the first Sunday of Epiphany, this Sunday, as we just heard in the reading, we remember the baptism of Christ by John when the voice from heaven declares that Jesus is the Son of God, the beloved Son of God. This year, the season of Epiphany gives us seven weeks to reflect on God's physical manifestation on earth through Jesus Christ, concluding in the final week with the transfiguration of Jesus at Mount Sinai. The season of Epiphany stands between the two great Christ-centered cycles of Advent Christmas Epiphany and Lent Easter Pentecost. It's the chance for us to reflect on the nature of God's physical manifestation on earth. It has its origins in the Christian church's belief that Jesus Christ was the human incarnation of God. Epiphany takes the na- takes this name from the Greek word epiphania, which refers to a deity's physical manifestation or revelation to the mortals. 
And over our season of Epiphany this year, during this time when we're going to think about the manifestation, uh, the physical manifestation of God's presence amongst us, I'd like to take us into a deep consideration of what it means to us to experience the manifestation of God's presence among us in our time now. So, As we consider the weekly gospel readings, I will be asking this very question. What does our gospel story of the week tell us about our story of the manifestation of God's presence in our world and in our lives now? So with that being said, this morning, I want to take our first look into this journey at the baptism of Jesus. What does this story tell us? as we listen to it, about God's desire to show us God's presence on earth. The thing that one of the first things I pick up on is I pick up on uh, John the baptizer. How did the spirit move in him to do the things he did? If we go way back into his story, we see that from the very beginning, John the Baptist the child of Elizabeth and Zechariah was one that was foretold by an angel to Zechariah as he stood next to the altar during his time of service in the temple. And it was at that moment that he, if you remember this story, it was at that moment when the angel said that After a very, very long time and and thinking that it was impossible to have a child, the angel came and told Zechariah that he and Elizabeth would have a son and that this son would be this special child. And Zechariah was like, are you kidding? I don't know how that's going to happen. And in fact, the angel said, well, what we're going to do with you is we're going to keep you silent for the entire nine months before this baby's born. And then, and then you'll know that nothing's impossible for God. That's I mean, it's, that's my version, but that's really what the story always reminds me of. And it's a powerful manifestation in which Zachariah goes home from this conversation with the angel, and clearly he and Elizabeth react to this promise from the angel because Elizabeth does get pregnant. And at nine months later, at his birth, John Zachariah has been speechless this whole time, and he writes down... Child's name is John, which no one would have thought he'd name John the Baptizer that, but he did. So we have a root right there of a manifestation of something coming unusual and unbelievable to Zachariah and Elizabeth, but both of them willing to suspend their doubt to respond to the unusual thing that was foretold to them. And then out of that comes this manifestation of physical love, a baby is born between them. And this baby is John the Baptist, the one who's wearing camel hair and leather belts and eating locusts and coming and saying, God's coming, God's coming. And we again see, I think, in this story, John working through the power that he is trusting in to proclaim a way in which God manifests individually and then as human beings respond, that love is spread in the world. So John and Elizabeth and Zachariah give us that first taste of what does it mean for us to understand the manifestation of God's 
real tangible presence in our lives and in our world. And then, of course, we have this beautiful, powerful moment after John says, someone even greater than me is coming, someone who's even more deeply expressing God, God's very self is coming. And we see John, we see Jesus come from the town of Nazareth of Galilee, which is one of the poorest towns in the region, um, where Nathaniel, uh, the the uh, disciple that Jesus calls, Ashley asks the question when he says, come and see, we've found the Messiah. He says to his brother, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Because Nazareth, Nazareth is such a poor town. So now we see in this next manifestation, this same kind of beginning of human doubtfulness that something good can come out of a situation. And the good that comes out of the situation of Nazareth is the Son of God. So John the Baptist living out the first manifestation that human beings, that Elizabeth and Zachariah, we show the example human beings can hardly believe. He lives out and says, someone greater than myself is coming. I can't even tie the, untie the thong in their sandal. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the spirit. And the one who comes is Jesus out of Nazareth, where the question of human beings would be, could anything come from? And as he is baptized and he comes out, the sky is torn apart and the spirit descends upon Jesus and God says, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the power of that manifestation is the edge of what you and I are going to be looking at. What does it mean for us to receive this gift of Holy Spirit as we believe in Jesus? What does it mean for us to receive this? What does it mean for us to let this be revealed and come alive in us? And how will we see it in our world? How do we see it in our world? That ancient promise is held true to this day. You and I receiving the Holy Spirit are intended to see the power and the transformative love of God in our lives. We're meant to see that and manifest that power of God in the world. Are we? Sometimes I think we do. Often I think we doubt that we can or that it's possible. That's what we'll be exploring for the next few weeks. What does it mean for us to trust in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean for us to be part of the manifestation of God's powerful love in the world? Have a great week. Be careful in the snow and I'll speak to you some more about manifestation next Sunday. Come Holy Ghost, our souls inspire Enlighten we celestial fire Thou the anointing speak Thy blood.